Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast, and I'm Justin, your host. If this is your first time joining, I just want to say thank you for joining what is a virtual art school. And if you're here, it means that you're probably a multidisciplinarian, someone who's interested in a lot of different forms of art and mediums of art and mediums of expression, and you are generally very liberal with how you approach your expression. But most people in this position are usually very confused about how to actually get out all the ideas that they're interested in you know, bringing to life. And as a result, they usually end up in a place of very, um, very uncertain times. And of course, we are in uncertain times right now, something that's very unprecedented for many of us who are alive. But it doesn't mean that you have to stop dreaming about what you want to do. It doesn't mean that you have to put to bed all the different things that you want out of life. It doesn't mean that you have to stop caring about your development as an artist and designer. If anything, as a friend told me recently, your momentum begins at the top of the hill, not at the bottom. So as we understand and we navigate these hills of life, it's important that you have a framework for approaching that. And we have three particular segments where we deliver content and we deliver our curriculum of the development of an artist of the new generation. And we think that it comes in the form of a mindset development that we call that incomplete thoughts on Mondays. And on Wednesdays, we have our work study segment. And on Fridays, we have our well-read segment. Um, And with that holistic perspective of the development of an artist, we really think that there's a unique... um, a unique way of becoming a new you. I know that sounds cheesy. I'm not here for the cheesiness, but I'm here for the truth. So in that said, if you want more content like this, go to educated-guest.com and you can get signed up for our newsletter or book some time and talk with us directly um, by hitting the contact us link. And um, today's episode, let's go ahead and hop into it. Um, it's called How to Overcome Fear. And in thinking of what we want to talk about next, this is a particular topic that sort of evergreen. And we think right now it's important that we don't play on our fears and sort of take advantage of the fears and manipulate them towards a particular goal or outcome. But it's important that individuals take control of the fears that they have and understand what they are systemically so that they aren't manipulated by advertising or you know email lists that you're randomly signed up to or Even podcasts, like I'm not here to brainwash you. I'm here to wash your brain. Um, So that said, the thing about fear is that most fears are just repetitive thought. Um, Most fear is just bad management of the unconscious fears that we have. They're just bad management of those repetitive thoughts. So naturally, we might ask ourselves like, well, what is the thing that you're afraid of? You know, what is it? And if you have enough time, if you spend enough time, if, you know, I've been studying uh, Vipassana meditation recently, and the thing about Vipassana as opposed to the other methods of meditation is that it's focused on um, the two feelings and the two causes of suffering, craving and aversion. And if you think about that, that's true of every fear. Every fear, the thing we fear most is death, but we can't avoid death. 
So we try to implant different things in place of death as the thing we want to either crave or avert until we reach the the inevitable. Um, But in this aversion, in this craving, we actually induce more suffering than we would have just experienced otherwise if we accepted the fact that an end is inevitable for all of us. So we have to ask ourselves, outside of death, what is the thing we're so afraid of? You know, what is the thing that's going to bring us so much pain that we would rather do something completely different and experience a lackluster and honestly very gray form of living that, you know, is going to bring us so much pain? And what the last thing is, once you, you know, once you understand something, you know, it's no longer fearful. And that's what we're here today. That's what a lot of large part of like psychoanalytic and, you know, particularly psychoanalytic psychology is all about. Like when you develop and you go in for therapy, people always champion therapy. And I think there's a lot of good that could come out of therapy, but most often people don't really know why there's good. Why are the good things happening? Why do you feel better when you go to therapy? It's not simply because you oh, just talked it out or like you just got it all out on the table or whatever. No, it's that you're moving from a place of uncertainty into a place of competence. Like it's like um, with any skill, with any, you know, with any craft and there's there's craft in developing the brain as well. You know, you have to reorient your level of competence so that you can bring confidence to the table. And once you do that, you're able to realize a new way of approaching life. And I was doing some reading recently and I, I found this this way of categorizing fear so that you could reorient to a new way of, of living. And I would just want to I just want to go ahead and just give you these fears as I heard them. And as I read them, because I don't want to reinvent the wheel. There's enough content out there that's, you know, just duplicates of the old stuff. And, you know, it's not even useful. But I've read a lot about this. And there's three sort of fears that we sort of come down to. And, you know, the first one is this idea of losing. You know, Tony Robbins talks about it a lot. And, you know, Brenda Bouchard talks about it. Uh, Burchard talks a lot, of, a lot about it, too. And you'll realize there's like this idea of lost less or never. And I'm not here to be Tony Robbins. I'm not very interested in being that. Um, Tony Robbins is an artist in and of itself, of himself, um, the same way like Zig Ziglar and all those different people are if you're interested in all that sort of space. But the thing here is that there needs to be a tailored message to this audience in particular. And by this audience, I mean you, someone who generally doesn't like having their intelligence insulted, someone who generally doesn't like oversimplifying life, generally doesn't like um, things that are mass produced. They want something that's catered to them. Um, So I'm going to try to cater this message to you in the best way that I can, knowing that it um, really helped me and I hope it helps you. All right. So the first type of pain is lost pain. And when when we experience this lost pain, it's generally something that, and you can try to write this, you know, write this down if you're interested, just to sort of come back to these three types of pain so you know what you're actually dealing with. So when you're losing something, most often, like let's say that you're fearful of losing the security you once had. You're fearful of use, losing um, coworkers or your fear, your fear is you're losing something you might, you, you might hang on to like money relationship, security, 
you know, predictability, these sorts of, you know, is more than just losing a paycheck. It's more than that, right? So I want to talk about this re- reorientation that has been extremely helpful for me in my journey as a creative and as just a, as a person, as a human being, is moving from what if to what is. And one of the most effective therapy sessions I've ever gone through was um, one in which we kind of simplified it is towards the end of when I was going, going to therapy consistently because I realized that I was talking about a lot of the same things. And a lot of the fears were unfounded in what-if scenarios. And it was just a simple shift of hearing someone else say, okay, well, let's talk about what-if. Let's document all the what-ifs. Let's write them down. And then let's write down the what is, you know, what is true? Like, let's say you quit your job. Yes. You know, quit your job next month. Well, when you quit your job next month, you might be fearing, well, what if I don't have enough money? Well, what if I don't have this level of security? What if I never have coworkers the same way I used to? What if I never have anybody to talk to? What if my calendar's empty? What if I never have, you know, food in the, in the kitchen? Like, what if I can never get any job, a client ever again? Like, these are all what ifs. These are value, val, valid and valuable questions to ask. But on the second side of the paper, you have to ask yourself, well, what is true? Do you have enough money? And you have to be honest with yourself. Otherwise, you will jump into 15 foot deep pool, hoping that it's three feet just by not looking at the sign that says it's 15 feet. Imagine that. Imagine jumping into the deep end of the pool and you think by closing your eyes and praying that magically the pool is going to turn from 13 feet to three feet so you can stand up and actually wade and walk through the water. And you're hoping also that you will learn to swim for long enough. And it's not even about swimming, sinking or swimming. A lot of people use that example. I like the example of how long can you swim? How long can you, you know, can you swim? The goal is not to be able to swim. The goal is to find something to stand on for long enough to regain your energy. And with a bottomless floor, you can't wade in the water forever. You have to find something to stand on. So the what is, is, hey, what if I don't have enough money? Well, how much money do you need? Oh, well, what if I don't have enough security? Well, how do you define security? Well, what if I don't have the relationship? What if my relationship's impacted? Well, why would that matter to you? Like these are very logical questions to go through and just to put an answer down, like put any answer down. And seeing it on paper helps you, again, psychoanalytically, um, this is very like Freudian, is to bring those you know, subconscious thoughts into the conscious mind so you can just see it for what it is instead of seeing it as, an un- as sort of like this infinite iceberg beneath the surface. And what you'll realize is that much of the motion is on the top floor of of the ocean. Like you have all these waves, you have all these waves crashing, even in a hurricane, you have these waves crashing at the conscious mind and you think everything's going crazy. But in reality, your mind is naturally quiet at this very pit of the ocean. And you can ride the waves and try to like, you know, conquer the ocean. And this is where you start getting into like old tales of like Moby Dick or old man in the sea and all these different things. They're like thousands and thousands of pages, (laughs) not thousands, but long ass books that tell the same story. And I'm not saying don't go read the books because I'm generally a fan of fine literature and fine art. And I think these things should be championed and held on to because somebody took the time to write about it. Um, but yeah, it's the what is. It's like, what is true about 
the ocean of your mind, if you will, versus what if. Um, the second thing, so that's all lost pain that we're talking about. This is idea of losing something. So the second thing that just broke my brain when I first heard it is this idea of process pain. Process pain. So process pain is the how. You know, we just ask questions about what if and what is. But when you start asking questions about how something will occur, that's when you start getting into the pain of wondering if you're good enough. So how will I pay the bills? You know, how will I get better at this? How will I onboard new clients very specifically? How will I move from freelance to retainer? How do I make sure I have money coming in six months from now when I just got paid today? You know, where will the help come from? Will there be, you know, how will I build an agency? How do I bounce back when something goes wrong with an active client? Like, how do I build a product? Like, how, 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 how do I sustain? Like, all these hows, those are equally overwhelming as um, as the what if and the what is are. The what is is are. <laughs> it's terrible grammar, but whatever. Um, the thing is with process pain is that the goal here is to reorient to learning to see challenge as a game. So as as you know, there's, there's an old practice of smiling through the pain, smiling through the discomfort, smiling through the suffering. And this is a common practice of, you know, generally any spiritual teaching or spiritual or uh, emotional recovery teaching is that understanding that this level of equanimity with process and pain and all these different pain receptors that are going off and learning to recognize those as background music as opposed to background noise. That's usually the difference that we're always wondering about. It's like, ah, oh, man, we got all this stuff going on. Man, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to cope with all that. And again, we've talked before about this moving from coping to creating, moving from coping to creating. And one thing I hope here is that you can understand to see challenge as a, as a gift, a gift to see if you're up to it a gift to grow, a gift to become joyous, a gift to be, to see variety, a gift to see spice in your life. Like that's really what we're here for is like you want some variety in relationship and experience and um money even. Like you want you want a wealth of spo- of you want a wealth of financial, spiritual and uh and bodily sort of experiences, bodily being like you want a healthy body like healthy, wealthy, wise, you want to be holistic in your wealth. At the same time, you also want that wealth to come in different forms. Um, so cool. That's the second, second type of pain that, you know, helps categorize all the different questions you have. And the third type of pain that you're worried about, the third type of fear is this idea of, you know, what if it's not worth it? What if I don't make it? What if I don't grow as fast as I need to? What if I get to the other side of things and the grass isn't greener? I should have just focused on watering my own grass over there. And what if I just ended up hopping fences forever? And what if, you know, just asking these questions on this you know, recording alone is giving me anxiety. So I can only imagine what it does to an individual who's sitting by themselves and just wondering all these things. And I've been that person before. And what I've found is that it leads you down to a path of ruin. Trying to imagine an outcome is like you trying to play God. You're trying to be God of your own life. And end up, and what you do is you end up realizing that 
you know, you end up being humbled down to your core of your humanity. And in that humbling, you realize that whether you believe in God or not, whether you believe in a universe or not, whether you believe in mother nature, mother goose, I don't care. Like at the end of the day, you realize you didn't create yourself. And you realize that in not being able to create yourself, your goal is to create something else. And when you realize that, you realize that your outcome is not necessarily your gift. Your gift is your process towards the outcome. So what I want you to do, and I'll I'll sort of close here, is I want you to reorient this outcome into understanding that your attention and your intention determines your outcome. Your the gift is in what you focus on. And you want to focus on the feelings. You want to move from, again, coping to creation. You want to move into that space of creation where you're no longer focused on, ah, oh, well, what if it never happens? It's like, no, focus on what feelings you want to create. Focus on what outcomes you want to have happen. Focus on what it would feel like when you get that Lamborghini truck. This is where the whole vision boarding and stuff like that happens. Like people don't use vision. Most people don't use vision boarding, vision boards correctly because it just implies that when you get whatever's on your vision board, you will be satisfied as opposed to understanding the feeling behind getting what you want. Like, what will it feel like to walk down those, you know, those hardwood steps to an open floor plan, first floor and look out (laughs) Look out the back, you know, the back window of your living room and to see this vista of mountains and water down at the end of it. And I sound like I'm describing like every L.A. home, but or every like Beverly Hills house. But at the end of the day, like if that's your vision, that's your vision. And you have to understand like the different points of. You know what, like. There will still be pain in the future, and I think trying to alleviate pain. Is fighting a losing battle. Trying to alleviate pain is fighting a losing battle. And what I hope that you can get out of this whole, this whole um, segment here is that when you realize that the suffering is all in your mind and you realize that death is inevitable, and I hate, I want people to get out of the mindset of death being a morbid topic and an off-limits topic and a taboo topic. Because death brings the finality and death brings urgency. That's what I always think. Death bring the the knowledge of death brings urgency. And you know, if you're interested in sort of Christian teachings or whatever, like um, it's spoken about in the Bible as Lord teach us to number our days so that we may be made full of knowledge and wisdom. And I'm never gonna be great. I don't want to say never because that implies that I'll just give up, but. I've never been great at quoting Bible scripture directly. Um, I don't really think that that's like something that automatically makes you better than the next person or a better version of yourself. You can memorize all the scripture and teachings and books and quotes and stuff that you want. And if you don't put them into practice, then that's actually defying one of the scriptures you could remember. Um, But again, this is not a religious tented show. So I'm definitely open to other people who have other forms of belief systems. The point here is that when you consider the finality of life, you consider that you need to get started doing the thing that you want to do. What would you love to fail at? And when you ask yourself, what would you love to fail at? You consider the fact that you may never reach wherever you're trying to go, but at least you would enjoy the journey. And I think 
getting in that place helps you understand very quickly what it is you're meant to do and it helps you move past fear very quickly so that's all i got for today um hopefully this was helpful if you really enjoyed this click on the link in the show notes just to subscribe to our newsletter um and also if you're interested in talking with us directly go ahead and dm at educated underscore underscore guests or go to the website and click contact us and we'll figure out a time to talk all right that's all we got all right peace